Welcome to the Reclaiming You podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Schrader. On this podcast, I'm sharing my experiences of healing childhood trauma and the work that I do with my clients as a somatic trauma coach. We're also talking all about sex, love, relationships, career, and money as it pertains to healing and growth. The views on this podcast are my own, and keep in mind, I'm a cis white woman, so I have my own experiences of privilege. I may not always be able to relate to your journey, but I try my best to understand. If I do any harm, please reach out. I'm always willing to repair it. This podcast is mainly for women and AFAB people, but it's honestly for anybody on a journey of healing and growth. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Reclaiming Me podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. Today, we're going to talk about my journey to being happily single, letting go of the idea of marriage, and how I got to that decision. When I was first looking at my relationships and and the experiences I had with relationships and dating and all that, my goal was not to be single. My goal at first was to figure out why the fuck I kept having all of these horrible relationships, these experiences dating people or going on dates with people that were very emotionally unavailable, that I didn't end up having a lot in common with, even though it seemed like I did. Uh, And then getting into relationships with people that were very emotionally unavailable, manipulative, gaslighting, um, and, and really just not good matches for me right? A lot of these partners were also wanting me to be this person that was like a appeasing, happy, bubbly all the time caretaker to them, which was not what I wanted to be at all. But of course, right? We don't figure out why we do these things until we get honest with ourselves about it. So that was my first goal. My first goal needed to be, okay, why do I keep getting into these relationships? Because what I thought at first was like, well, I keep going through these little periods of self-work and, you know, like I've got my business running well, I've got my body in check, right? Because I had this also big obsession with like, I had to have the right body, I had to have a certain amount of success financially and everything to get this partner that I wanted, right? And so I would do all these things. And then, of course, I would go out. And then what I was getting involved with was not what I wanted. So I figured, well, there's something wrong with my picker, right? There's an inability to see the red flags or maybe not an inability to see them, but an inability to actually, um, you know, pay attention to them, right? To actually take them in and be like, mm, see that red flag there? No, we, we we don't need to work around that. We don't need to fix that. Or like, we don't need to explain it away. Cause that's what I would do. I would explain away everything in my head and be like, well, you know, maybe this is just, you know, something about them that they're working on. Cause they said this and then I, you know, Uh, but there's also these qualities. And then I would also like go off of like those like first few dates or, you know, first few months of a relationship and be like, well, that's the person without recognizing like, no bitch, 
they were literally just showing you the image they wanted to show you, right? Um, so again, this was the goal at first to figure out why that kept happening and be able to then have better relationships because, you know, I was still obsessed with them. And as we started unpacking that, like I was recognizing a lot of my patterns with these relationships. I was recognizing like how I would ignore the red flags, how I would become very obsessive. Like I would spend hours like on a dating site when those came out, just scrolling through, um, having conversations, going on dates. And then when I was in a relationship, the amount of mental mental energy, yeah, mental energy, can't talk today. The amount of mental energy, physical energy, and emotional energy that I was putting into these relationships was so consuming that, you know, I was neglecting other things. Like I was neglecting hobbies and interests that I had outside of that. Um, I'll be real with you. There was a period of time where I wasn't being as attentive to my daughter as I could have been and as should have been. I was still there, like, don't get it wrong, I was not, you know, completely neglecting my daughter, but, like, I was, even when I was with my daughter and present with my daughter, like, I'd be sneaking in those text messages, I'd be worried about, like, their response, I'd be wondering what they're doing, right, stuff like that, like, it was consuming the background of my mind, and then also, like, being in the relationships and the amount of drama and stress that I was just going through with partners, and trying to mold myself into what they wanted, right? I would I would get myself involved in activities and hobbies and interests that I didn't want. I would make myself sit through movies and things that I didn't want to watch. And I know some people are like, well, sometimes you, you do those things for your partner. I'm like, no, but like there were things that I was like, off the, off the bat, out of the gate. I was like, this is not for me, <laughs> like to give you a small example. Um, if you've ever been walk- made to watch the movie Beer Fest, and if you like it, um, I'm not going to apologize for what I'm saying right now. I'm just not. Um, it is horrible. It is so misogynistic. It is douchebag central movie. I had an ex that was obsessed with me watching this with him because it's his favorite movie. That was a red flag. Um, <laughs> and... I knew just based on it and based on his description of it, it was like, this is not what I want. I wasted two hours of my life watching that movie and then talking about it with him afterward and pretending that I liked it or like that I didn't hate it, that it wasn't disgusting to me. Um, That's just one of those little examples, right? I made myself do things like this. <laughs> all the time and then you know other things like watching football games going to sports bars and stuff like that. I give a shit about football I really don't care about it and I went to the Ohio State University which means I'm a Buckeye we're supposed to like it would when I was in college did I go to games in person and have fun yeah but it was more about being with the people and all that I don't give a shit about football I never really have um do I know, know the game do I understand the game yes I can also say I find some of the whole structure of football problematic as fuck in the way the inter- industry promotes um, racism and all kind of other problems. Anyway, point being, 
so much of my time got consumed with trying to fit into this mold that was acceptable to them. And then what would also happen is I was playing out this caretaker role to my partners because that's what's expected being a woman, right? So if you're listening to this as a woman or a fab person, you know that role, right? You know that you are expected to be this caretaker to your person. So like you are being emotionally there for them. They're dumping ground. Sometimes you are caring for them, doing things for them, like cooking for them, cleaning for them, all kind of things. And I wasn't getting anything in return really. So that was, that was the extent of the relationships that I was in. And as I was unpacking all of that, I was like, oh my God, look at the amount of time and energy I have put into people and relationships and what could I have been doing with that time what what could I have done that would have actually fulfilled me that would have made me happy because that thing wasn't making me happy not at all like I remember just really sitting down with it and looking at like in an average day when I was either dating or in a relationship How much of my time was spent consumed with it, whether thinking about something, whether obsessing about a conversation, whether um, actually being involved in it, and how much of that time was I actually enjoying? How much of it was fulfilling for me? How much of it felt reciprocal? It, It was slim pickings on the numbers there. And then I also looked at how much am I not doing that I want to do or want to get back into doing that I could be doing? To give you an example of that, I wanted to to go do salsa dancing lessons and go salsa dancing so badly for years. And I would not let myself do it because I needed a partner to do it. And then every time I would get into a relationship with somebody or or casually dating them or whatever, I would mention this is something that I wanted to do. And, you know, sometimes it was met with like, oh, yeah, like that would be fun. And let me tell you, in every relationship I was in, never went salsa dancing with them. Not once. But you know who I have gone salsa dancing with many times? Friends. We've gone to a salsa dancing nights where they have, you know, the lesson beforehand and then um, they will um, have a, like a salsa dancing party after. So like you just dance with people that are there. That was it. There was not a damn soul around in, in, in any of my relationships that actively took that up. But I always did what they wanted to do because that's just how that rolled for me, right? That was how things went. They were always the person that got to do what they wanted to do, but it was never reciprocal. And I know you're probably like listening to this thinking like, okay, well, yeah, then the answer is to be picking better partners, but like, what, like, are you just not dating because you've never had a good partner? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to why this ended up being singles. Don't, don't rush into that rant. But again, all of this is going on. And I'm looking at the amount of time wasted and then the amount of time I was spending denying myself what I wanted to be doing. So I gave you the self-sedating example. Another thing that was big for me is I had always 
been into you know practicing witchcraft like earth magic and things like that I'm not talking about like what you see in like the craft or um stuff like that right I'm talking about like that that really like earthy kitchen witchery herbal magic herbalism things like that that was always stuff that I was interested in so it's the time I was a teenager and every time I would date every time I was in a relationship I would let that stuff go away because what I was worried about is being judged for being weird and out there and creepy and you know all of those things um so that was literally what I, I would deal with all of the time. And it sucked. It sucked a lot because I recognized how much I was sacrificing in the hopes that there was going to be this magical thing that was going to make me happy and fulfill me. And this magical partner was going to finally allow me to do all of these things and be comfortable. And, you know, I just gave you two examples, but there was tons more stuff that I wanted to do, but I was waiting on the partner to do that. And then looking at the, the reality of that being the partner is there and it's still not happening. So what the fuck am I putting myself through this for? Like, why? That's something I had to get really honest with myself about. So then I got mad because I recognized how unhappy I was making myself. And I decided the next step in this was one, I had to deal with the feelings. I had to get mad. I had to work it out because it was not just being mad at what I was putting myself through, but it was mad that, you know, all of the ways that I had asked for support, asked for an equitable relationship from somebody and that was denied, you know, all of the ways that it was expected of me to be this like bubbly caretaker that never was upset, um, very appeasing, you know, always sexually available, always available for them. But of course, like I couldn't be too problematic and, and by problematic, I mean like couldn't vent about things, couldn't be angry about something because that would upset my partners. I literally had a partner, um, my ex-fiance, tell me that it was very unattractive to him when I would vent about stuff that I was dealing with with work. So I didn't have that safe space. And I was mad about things like that. And I was mad. I was getting more mad at like being taught to seek out this relationship, this like big goal that we're all sold on of like I had to uh, like marriage a partner all of that was gonna fulfill me all of that was gonna make life better um so I had to get it out I had to deal with it so like I spent like probably hours you know not all at once but like hours swamping it out for those of you that are not familiar with that is it's something I teach it's something I learned from mama Gina years ago because this was the program I also did in this whole process um, I went through her school of womanly arts and I tapped into that anger because I never let myself express anger before and if you are a woman or AFAB you know, we are not taught that anger is an acceptable emotion for us to feel. And yet anger is necessary because what it is, is the validation that we have been hurt. Under anger is always hurt, right? In some way we've been hurt. 
And I, I wasn't letting myself feel that ever. So there was processing the anger at, you know, situations with partners where I felt mistreated and felt like I had gotten the short end of the stick, um, as well as that anger at myself for having just put myself through so much, put myself through so much pain and discomfort, limited my life, limited my experiences, denied myself things in the in the pursuit of this one thing that was not turning out the way it was promised to. And then anger at, you know, what I was taught growing up, what society taught me, what Disney movies taught me, all of that stuff, <laughs> everything, right? I was sold on this idea. So I got angry and I decided I want to start feeling happy. What are things that make me happy? Or what are things that I want to do that would make me happy? So that led to doing things like getting back into my practice, right? Of working with herbs, doing all of my uh, full moon circles, things like that. Um, Started taking dance classes and things like that. Um, Going to yoga classes. Uh, Yes, as I already said, I went to salsa dancing classes. I started, instead of obsessively working out, I started learning to stand in front of a mirror and actually like the person that I saw there and appreciate my body as is instead of having this whole restriction, like I needed to look a certain way. I needed to have a certain body to be lovable. I started asking myself questions like, what would make me happy? What, what do I like about myself? What, what do I love about myself now? Because I had never asked those questions before. And if you're listening to this, I want you to pause for a moment and ask yourself, what do you love about yourself? What do you like about yourself? What do you deny yourself the ability to do that you really want? What 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 are the opportunities that you could be taking? What are the experiences you could be having what are the hobbies and interests that you no longer do anymore that would make you happy or things that you've had on your bucket list to do that you don't do like I mean for a long time I would not travel alone outside of quick work trips and even then like I really didn't go alone um I wouldn't go take myself out on a date I wouldn't go to the movies alone you know things like that because all of that was dependent on this other person being with me. So I started one by one challenging myself to do that. Like, I remember the first time I took myself out on a date, I went big. I went real big. Um, again, I like this was also a piece of homework I learned from Mama Gina and I took it and ran with it. Um. So I set up a whole date night. I got myself dressed up, did my hair, my makeup, everything. I took myself out to a really nice dinner. And then I took myself out to see a movie I really wanted to see, like what I wanted to see. And I sat with myself. I enjoyed my meal. I got what I wanted to eat. I sat and enjoyed the movie. Afterward, I came home. I took a bath. um, And I really just celebrated myself it felt like at first a little bit uncomfortable because I wasn't used to doing that 
And I was worried that people were going to look at me and judge me. And nobody did that. Like nobody was making me feel bad about myself there. So I was like, maybe this isn't so bad. And then, you know, I kept doing it. And even if somebody was like looking like, oh, you're sitting alone. It stopped bothering me because I had that one experience of like recognizing how good it felt to actually give myself something that I wanted, which of course we were never taught to do because that would be selfish and self-absorbed to do that. Um, it, it really changed it a lot for me. And here's where the th- shift happened. The more that I focused on doing things to make myself happy, the more I started focusing my time and energy on who and what made me happy and myself too, I started remembering something. I started remembering that moment when I was 16 where I said, I want to travel the world being a jazz and blues singer. I want to have a baby take them around the world with me because that would be an amazing experience to for a child to grow up in but I don't want to get married I don't want that and that kept popping up over and over again so I started investigating that more and asking myself like okay was this was this the delusion of a 16 year old a wild rebellious 16 year old or was there some wisdom in there And what I recognized was there was some wisdom there. It's what I wanted always. So at that point, I was like, all right, I got to keep working on myself. Like I said, I, I was standing in front of the mirror, just looking at myself, learning to love myself more. I had learned mirror work practices from um, one of my first coaches as well. And so outside of mama Gina, Lisa Nichols taught um, several different mirror work exercises and learning to celebrate myself and also forgive myself for things like just standing in front of the mirror and then learning to look at my body and love myself. That was powerful. Learning to love all parts of me and actually name that while looking at myself was really powerful. An exercise that I teach in solo and satisfied, and I've been teaching it in my central movement courses and classes for decades, for almost two decades now has been so similar. Like I have for five minutes, each woman or AFAP person standing in front of a mirror and having them just look at themselves and compliment themselves, celebrate themselves. And then what I will do is also have them partner up as the course goes because they get to know each other. I will have them reflect back to each other things that they love and appreciate or you know admire in them and also compliment their physical appearance because so many of us were used to picking apart what's wrong with our bodies and what's not good enough right because you know our society teaches us that we have to have this perfect body this perfect standard of beauty to be good enough and I I wanted to challenge that Because one, it's not all about our physical appearance, but two, the way that we judge our physical appearance is usually laced with so much contempt, shame, and judgment because we've been taught to see ourselves as not enough. So if we can start complimenting our body and looking at it and then like 
I, you know, I was doing the same central movement practices that I was teaching, but instead of being in the habit of doing that for somebody else, I started doing it again for myself, which is how my sensual movement course and how solo and satisfied developed because I shifted the focus to being something that was for you. The more that I did that, the more that it also tuned me into what I like about the person I am, like not just my physical, but it's a great tap in for it. So all of that's going on and I'm recognizing I'm getting happier. I'm starting to feel more fulfilled. I'm starting to enjoy my life better. I'm starting to be happier in the relationships that I have with you know, my family, with friends, all of that. And over time, again, because I also had that little inkling in my head of like, okay, I knew at 16 what I did not want and didn't did want. And I let that, you know, be pushed aside because of course, right? Because I wanted to fit in to society and with others. But the more that I allowed myself, the more that I gave myself permission to be happy and to figure out what made me happy, the less I wanted the relationship. And that's when I really got to that truth of like, I am satisfied. I am truly satisfied with myself. And yes, are there areas I want to grow? Of course, like working through, um, you know, some of the money trauma and business trauma I had became a really big thing. And it's still been something I've worked on over the last probably four years. And I know that sounds like a long time, but like there was a lot built up there. Um, I was also in that time going through a pandemic and um, uh, closing a business and shifting one that I had built and all of that. So, you know, there's a lot there. But in the, in the time that this happened, and this has been like a... 10 year process of of really learning to love myself and getting to that place of being happily single and I'm not saying it's taken me 10 years to get there what I'm saying is like that started 10 years ago and then within the first couple years of that journey like I really recognized that was true for me and then as I sunk into that truth more I it's just solidified in my soul more in my body more that I'm happy I I don't want this and you know of course things may change down the road I don't know I I let myself be open to that possibility if it ever does become a desire for me to be in a relationship and to find partnership I I will cross that bridge when it comes because that's, that's been the really beautiful thing about this is that I, instead of feeling like I'm losing out on something or restricting myself, I'm actually expanding. And that's, I think, where when I've talked to people about this program and then when I've talked to people and clients about choosing to be single, the biggest fear I always hear is what they're going to lose out on, right? Like there's this fear that they're going to, there's not going to be a partner in the future, right? All the options are going to go away, which that's not even logistically true. There's almost 8 billion people in this world. You really think there's not a person out there for you if you want a person? Um, I, I also 
really want to share and what I want you to understand is that there's more to life than this. There's more to life than having this magical, mystical relationship. And it doesn't mean that you won't want that still, but you will give yourself permission to find fulfillment in other ways, which means if you do decide at the end of the journey, you want to date, you want to find a relationship, instead of putting so much pressure on it to be this perfect thing, this, you know, idealized fairy tale thing and obsess over it, Think, just think about like, if you were feeling so much fulfillment in other areas of real life, right? If you were feeling fulfillment in your career choices or business, right? Whatever they are. um, If you were feeling fulfillment in your body. If you are feeling fulfillment in your friendships, family life, right? If you are a single parent like myself, if you were feeling feeling fulfillment in, you know, every other area, would it feel like you need to put so much pressure on the relationship to be this big thing? Would it feel like that would need to be the end all be all of your happiness? Right? Probably not. So then think about like, if you were not putting all of this pressure and feeling all of this internal pressure to want this thing, for this to be the end all be all thing for you, how would you approach dating? How would you approach a relationship, right? If this one person is not responsible for all of your happiness and, you know, even what kind of relationship would you want? Right. Cause you could choose to do any type of poly relationship. You could choose to do fully monogamous or versions of that, right. Anywhere in between, you could just choose to casually date. Like I consider myself to be solo poly. So usually what that means is I consider myself my primary partner and then if I date it would be other partners and I did that in the past and I'm just in a period right now where I'm like over the past several years I haven't even wanted that um not again not because I've had anything bad because like when I did date a few people like I enjoyed it I just I recognize I'm like I, I don't really want that right now and there's nothing behind it there's no there's no you know trauma around it there's nothing I just like no it's not not really a concern with me not really something I desire at this time I'm just happy so that's something to think about because like again I've had I've had people that like think um I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna miss out like if I don't do it now I'm going to miss out. No, you're not. You're not going to miss out on anything. And I want you to shift the focus. Like ask yourself that question. Like if you are not putting so much pressure on yourself to have this one relationship and you were seeking out and building fulfillment in every other area of your life and within yourself, what pressure would that take off? What would it look like then? 
probably a lot different because again, all of us have been sold on this idea that the relationship, the marriage, all of those things are the end all be all and everything else outside of that is secondary, including ourselves and some, to some degree. And if that's no longer true, the possibilities are endless. I mean, I have traveled solo and I've gone and tried different activities and hobbies solo. I've done them with friends. I've done them with my daughter. I've just spent my day-to-day life doing more of what I actually wanted to do than putting my time and energy into something that really didn't make me happy. So I hope that gives you something to think about and maybe some inspiration because I know a lot of people, you know, when you hear somebody say like, oh, I've chosen to be happily single, either one, you're skeptical as fuck. Um, Cause you're like, really, are you like, no, I'm genuinely very happy with myself. I feel very secure in myself. And two, you're also in this thought of like, but like, how did, how, how did you get there? Like, are you just, did you suddenly just, you know, decide that? No, it was a process because I had to step away from a lot of things. The third thing I'm going to say, because I know this one always comes up and it comes up with my clients all the time. They're like, so how do you gain, like, how, how do you take care of like your sexual needs or whatever? I'm like, well, first of all, in this whole journey of getting here, because again, I said, Part of that was reconnecting with my body and learning to really see it and love it and appreciate it. Well, that also meant learning to connect to my pleasure. So trust me, I can satisfy myself better than anybody on this planet. And my relationship to that shifted because instead of also just having sex to, you know, make a partner happy and like get something out of it from them, pleasure for me is all about the connection I have to my spiritual self, my emotional body, my physical body, my mental body. That is very different. And even when I do choose to be with a partner in that way, it's completely different because again, I'm not, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. I'm not doing anything when I'm not available for it. And I'm also not pushing myself to, um, to make it look a certain way, you know, I'm not, I'm not making it be anything in particular that that's just different. It's all different. So hopefully that inspires you. If you have thoughts and feelings that you'd like to share, if you have your own experiences on this journey, you want to share, please leave me a comment. Let me know, reach out. Um, if you are recognizing, especially from this, that like, it might be worthwhile to explore this journey, even if you're not sure that you want to remain single, but just to, you know, see what it would feel like to find that fulfillment and happiness in yourself and that confidence within yourself and build up a life that feels limitless instead of limited to this one thing. I want you to check out Solo and Satisfied. It is a great program for women and AFAB people. Um, it starts on September 13th. 
we have actually two different covens because yes, I'm calling them covens because I'm a witchy bitch. Um, so we have a daytime coven and an evening coven. So if you are in Euro time or you just like doing things in the daytime more, we have our calls there. You get five main calls where we will touch base and do some work together. You can ask questions, get support. We'll go through some practices together. And yes, there is a sensual movement component to this. So you get full breakdown of that. And then we also have three full moon rituals that we do in it. So it's a total of eight calls, lots of recorded material, a private group where we are going to connect and support each other. And I'm going to support you all on this journey, learn to celebrate ourselves, learn to celebrate each other more. And all of that gets lifetime access. So even once the program is done, all the materials included in it, they're yours. The group stays active so you can still maintain connection with people. Because I mean, part of this journey is also learning to really connect in sisterhood and siblinghood with others. It's a beautiful thing. Um, you can find that in the show notes below. And if you got something out of this, make sure you're subscribed leave a review, um, send this to somebody too that you think would really enjoy this conversation. Or like maybe you have a friend where you're both in that frustrated dating cycle and you're kind of thinking about things. Because one thing I've noticed with the group programs is, especially this one in particular, there's always friends that sign up together and it deepens relationships. It, it completely deepens them. It's beautiful. So definitely send it to them too. But I hope you got something out of this and I can't wait to see how this journey shifts your life too.